Hello, and welcome back to the Everyday Trainer Podcast. My name is Meg, and I am a dog trainer. On today's episode, I'm joined by my trainers, Katie and Marcella. Katie is here to talk about her journey as the owner of a reactive dog and how she had to rehome her dog. So this is a really good episode, um, especially if you have a reactive dog, you know somebody who has one. So you know the drill. Grab yourself a tasty drink and meet us back here. Welcome. Hi. Are you excited? I am excited. I'm very nervous, though, too. That's okay. Everybody starts off nervous. Yeah. A little disclaimer. Marcella got sick and then got me sick. So our tasty drink of choice is water today. And Publicly we're, shame me. <laughs> and we're going to be sounding a little bit raspy on today's episode. But <laughs> Katie is one of our newest trainers, and she has a pretty cool story as far as like her dog ownership journey goes. I think it's very relatable to so many people, and it's something that's definitely not talked about enough. I'm going to go ahead and have you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, and then I would love for you to talk about Ghost and how you got him and kind of your you know journey with him. Okay. Um, so yeah, my name is Katie Zurich. I am 21 years old. Um, I've lived in the Orlando area pretty much literally my entire life. Um, I, my grandpa, my grandfather was a military canine trainer in South Korea. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Like a long time ago. I don't even know what year, but definitely like way before I was born. Okay. But, um, so I've always had, like, my dad was like, very strict with his dogs when I was younger. Um, I always grew up with very like docile dogs, you know, dogs that were always very friendly with like people and relatively other dogs, you know what I mean? And it was like my dream to get a German Shepherd for like the longest time. Like I had been looking to them for like three plus years before I ever got Ghost. So when I first got him, which I think is honestly kind of a big thing, especially when people think about like selecting a good breeder, to me, I didn't know about necessarily what it meant about getting a good breeder because I always kind of thought that like purebred is like good bread. And that's right. like really all that kind of goes into it. And yeah. I was like, oh, I'm not getting a dog for like 50 bucks, 100 bucks off a of Craigslist. Like I'm getting a purebred dog I paid like two grand for from a good breeder, which like so I thought. Where did you get Ghost? I got Ghost from a breeder in Alabama. I'm not necessarily going to say their name or anything. Just to kind of put that out there, I don't think that Ghost's dad should have been bred. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Why not? <laughs> Just from when I first met him, he was very reactive. He was in a... I met him. I got Ghost when he was five or six months old. I had put a deposit down for him, but I was living in Colorado at the time and I picked him up on my way home from Colorado. So he lived with the breeder in Alabama for those first five months and got barely any socialization. They lived in literally the middle of nowhere, like two hours from like the closest city. And obviously like here in Orlando, it's like a big city. I'm around people 24 seven. Like there's a lot of people all the time. People come yeah. in and out of the house, like versus them, like there's like one or two people there at all times. And that's kind of it. And, like, you don't ever see anyone ever. So I got him. He was, like, a very shy, like, very shy, like, not vocal dog. Like, just very, like, calm. And I was like, great. This is awesome. But anyways, <laughs> I met his um, I met his parents, though. And they were, like, in, like, a little cage, like, outside, like, a, like a big, like, fenced-in area. 
and the mom like came up to me and the mom was like this very like like just super sweet and the dad comes up and the mom like, comes up behind the dad and Ghost's dad like literally tried to like attack the mom just for coming near me like on the cage and I was like I was like, solid yeah and I was yeah. like oh and I asked the beard I was like why did he do that and he was like oh it's because like she's trying to get to him and like he wants to get to him and I was like okay <laughs> and I was like <laughs> which like I don't know for some reason like I was just so excited to get him that like to me, there was just no red flags, like, available in my brain, you know, at right. the time. Um, but, yeah, everything went well with him. I you was, also like, just, like, didn't know any better. Because yeah. you're just, like, a, you know, a regular person, not a dog trainer. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't really know, like, what to look for. Oh, my God. I thought I lost the snake for a second. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> we got a new snake today. Yes. Bald What's Python. his name? Uh, I haven't thought of a name yet. It's apparently a girl, but I'm just going to go with the fact if it's a boy. And I was thinking of naming it Anubis because the other snake we have is Aura. So I feel like Aura and Anubis, like, that's kind of cute sibling names, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sure, sure, sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought, but I don't know yet. (laughs) So she's just chilling with a ball python on her. Yes. And he honestly loves me. I love the corn snake. I think that one's my my vibe. That corn snake, I will lose that corn snake. Yeah. She just dips on me. Like, just starts, like like just running away do we know for sure that she's a girl um i mean are we just labeling uh i didn't name her i didn't name her okay yeah does your friend know um that's no that's a good question (laughs) (laughs) so i've heard she also got him off of craigslist like for free or something okay so we don't know it's fine yeah it's fine pronouns for snakes or whatever yeah i mean it doesn't matter it doesn't matter no it doesn't they don't know this snake is a boy in my head and that's all that matters yeah exactly (laughs) so anyways we're skipping over red flags as far as like breeders go where you got ghosts so yeah ghost is the dog that you used to have Mm -hmm. how old was he when you got him um like five months old he was born in march and i got him beginning of september okay so you got him a little bit older yeah and he was living on a farm and then you brought him to the city yes okay which was probably not a great (laughs) idea to be honest but yeah and especially because that's like the biggest time for socialization for a dog that he like mixed missed out on right you know and like they maybe took him out in public like two times because they had to drive two hours just to like socialize him so it's like you know yeah um so yeah i got him um he was like super shy didn't really like anything i did all the right things you know like i had do not pet patches for him i was like really big on like I took him out in public with me like every single day I took him somewhere in the car to make sure he would get used to car rides like I was big on like not letting strangers pet him like him walking next to me like I did like all the enrichment things like I you know my dog like he knew all the obedience things he was great um and then literally like maybe two weeks after I got him was like when the reactivity started um my AC went out at my apartment and I had to go stay with my parents um, for a week. And my dad was out of town for like some sort of work trip and he came back and my dog went nutso on him, like was like barking all up in his face, but was like scared at the same time. But when, okay. like, every time he would like turn his back, he would go and follow him. Yeah. And he just and it was really, really weird. And then he did it. We had to stay there for like another week after that. So we were there for like almost two weeks. And so he was reacting to my stepdad every single time my stepdad would come into like the room or come back out. And I was like, he was fine with my mom, me and my boyfriend at the time that was like staying with my family. Mm -hmm. And 
I was like, okay, maybe it's just because like, you know, this new person's coming in that hasn't been staying there for a while. And then he reacted to my mom and knit my mom like the first time, like knit my mom in the butt. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. And after that, my mom was terrified of him. My mom, like even to this day, like to the day I got rid of him, my mom, like didn't want to get near him, like didn't want to do anything with him. Cause she actually got knit by him twice. But, um, and she honestly didn't really do anything to provoke it. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's kind of a weird situation, but, um, yeah. So yeah, she didn't really want to do anything to like get him comfortable with him. You know, I would be like, Oh yeah. You want to come, you know, maybe do like a little bit of training with him. She'd be like, "Mm, no, (laughs) I'm like, understandably. I mean, you can't really blame her. (laughs) I I don't blame her at all. Yeah. It's fine. It's like understandable. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, that happened and I literally cried for three weeks about it, like straight, pretty much every single day. I was so distraught about it. I was like, what? About him biting your mom? Yeah. Well, not even just like hurt him biting. Cause it was like a nip. I was like, mom, you can get over that, you know? But yeah. it was just about like the situation itself and the fact that he was reacting to that. Cause then when I went back to my apartment, he reacted to another one of my roommates every single time you go in, hated that roommate for some reason. Okay. Um, I had lived with three boys. He loved the other two boys, hated one of them. For some reason. I don't know. He just, like, chose to not like him. Um, And then... um, How old was he at this time? This was in October. So... What is 10 minus 3? 7. He was (laughs) 7 months. (laughs) (laughs) He was 7 months at the time. And so then, at that time, I had contacted a trainer... And, oh, yeah, he also reacted to, like, the maintenance people coming in, like, went nutso on them. I had him in, like, a crate, like, literally thought he was going to, like, kill them, like, from in the crate. Like, it was very scary. It's a very deep, scary German Shepherd bark, you know? Yeah. So at the time, I would contacted a trainer because I was like, okay, I definitely need help because what I'm doing is, like, obviously not working. And it was a very, like, compulsion-based trainer. What they had me do was stick him on place and watch people walk in and just, like, blast him on an e-collar every time he reacted. And... I think, you know, relatively that method might work for, like, a three-year-old dog, you know? But, yeah. like, a seven-month-old, because, like, for out of him, that was, like, going through fear periods, you know? Mm-hmm. It wasn't just, like, it's something that he could grow out of by the time he was, like, two or three years old, you know? German Shepherds take a long time to mature. So, yeah, I contacted a trainer, and that happened. So, th- we were doing that for, like, a month or two. Literally nothing helped at the same time, like... Even and he was very weird. It was all um, barriers to him. So like if I had my ex would have like a bunch of people over, he would have like five of his friends over and I could have I could take Ghost outside on a walk and all five of his friends could be sitting on the couch and I could have him walk in and he'd be fine. He would like go and sit on people's laps, whatever. And then as soon as someone got up from the couch, like you would like you would be very scared. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's kind of how it was. But it would be people walking in. So it was all barriers for him. Same thing with the car. Like if he could be in the car with literally anyone in the car, like all of my friends, like anyone, but no one could come in the car first. Like I'd have to put someone in the car and then put him in there, not vice versa. Okay. So it was all like very big barrier reactivity. He sounds very safe. Very safe dog. Oh yeah. Very safe. Like, oh my God. Yeah. It like distanced me from a lot of people in my life too, just because like I was just so distraught about everything that was happening. And I was like, I devoted my entire life to this dog for like months, you know, you were doing all the things you were doing all the things that, you know, is like considered dog training. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but he did get a lot better though like he got to a point where like he could be around people in the house and like people could play with him before he like wouldn't let anyone like mess with him most of the time he like 
would react to every single person. Like if I'd go through the Chick-fil-A drive through like where we live, the Chick-fil-A workers are like outside, you know, he would mm-hmm. like go nuts. So, so I'd have to like park and like go into Chick-fil-A. You know, I couldn't like go through the drive through, which yeah. is like obviously not a big problem. But just to give you a it's just the little things like when you yeah. have a dog like that, it's literally the little things. And you it have is. to think about that 24 seven. And that was mm-hmm. one of the things that I noticed with you, like when you first came in, is it's like, OK, when you go to let a dog out, you're like, make sure that all the doors are closed and make sure, you know, like the mm-hmm. little things that like not everybody thinks about because yeah. they've never been put in a situation where they have a dog like that. Yeah. You know, and like. I definitely think about that stuff because of Gretchen. Like you have to be mindful of like who comes in the house if she's out or like how you approach her, how you like sit in front of her crate or like if you have a treat pouch on, Mm -hmm. you know, and you sit down like little things like that, that like the regular person does not think about. Not at all. And especially if you're living with like roommates, that makes it even harder because it's not like you are just controlling your dog. You're controlling your roommates too you mm-hmm. have to yeah and it was like horrible because everyone would complain that he's reacting but then by the time like and then when I would bring him out for sessions and everyone's complaining that I'm doing sessions while everyone's there and it's like well how do you expect me to get him better if I can't like train him around anyone it's like you complain either way you complain when he's reacting and then you complain that I'm trying to make it better and it's like well there's no what like, am I supposed to solution? do yeah you what know? would you like me to do here yeah yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. yeah definitely like with Gretchen it's like I just look out for all of the very tiny little things, you know, like I'm very like aware of dog body language now, you know, and it's like, like with Gretchen, it's like, I let her out like almost every single day and I have zero problems with Gretchen, but it's also like, I give her space. I don't like, I'm not pushy with her. Like I handle her in a way that like, I know that she's not going to react in, you know? Right. And so not everybody is like that. They're just like, oh, this is a cute little dog that I want to pet. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, no, I can't, I don't even really want to pet you. And I don't really want you in my space either. I just want you to coexist with me and that's it. You yeah. Know? You had ghosts in your apartment. Mm-hmm. You had roommates. You saw a trainer, compulsion mm-hmm. trainer, mm-hmm. not working. Yeah. What were your next steps? Next, I tried more positive reinforcement with okay. everything. So basically, um, I actually had talked to Wesley about this, like for the dogs. Like okay. Wesley. So basically when I had people over, like the only time I like... So I actually moved into another apartment and I was like, okay, perfect. Like he's, I could bring him over to other people's houses and he'd like be fine. Like I would watch him 24 seven just in case, but he was like fine and like would ignore everyone. He was like super handler focused. I could take him on like, he was like 95% off leash trained. I could take him off leash and like he wouldn't walk up to anyone, wouldn't walk up to any dogs. Like he was great. But um, yeah, so I could bring him over to other people's houses. So as soon as I moved, I was like, okay, perfect. I'm going to boot camp the fuck out of this dog. And yeah. I'm like, we're just going to nip this in the butt. That didn't happen, by the way. Like, I did boot camp him, but it didn't get nipped. Okay. <laughs> so I basically did where like every single time people would come over, you would come out and this would be like the most fun that you would have. I would have people like do training sessions with him and give him food. And like, he would do obedience for anyone if they had food. Like he will go in between your legs. He'll heal to you. He'll like, he'll do whatever for you. But as soon as like the food wasn't there, you would like walk into another room or like leave the group like you. He would follow you and like I could recall him off of it. But if I didn't recall him, I didn't catch it in like the split second. Like you would probably get nipped, you know? Okay. Um. So that's how he was. So I did a lot of positive reinforcement. I just basically were like every time people would come over would be like your time where you get to play with toys and you get a lot of food and a lot of fun time. Like okay. I wanted him to associate people coming over like it's going to be really fun for you. And okay. it was. But it didn't fix, like, the yeah. problems that he had still. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So then what? Oh God. <laughs> I like I don't even know. Um so then that went on for how a yeah, how bit. long did you practice that? Uh, I'm trying to think of my timeline. When did I move? Um okay, actually that was only like two months because then I broke up with my boyfriend at the time. Okay. Um and it's also really hard because every one of my roommates didn't agree with anything that I was doing with him training wise. Like none of them like got any of it. None of my friends got any of it. Um, it was like difficult. Like when I have ghosts, like the problems with reactivity, like with his barriers and stuff, I had him in my back seat one time and it's like, this is where like, Oh, I'm like, he's getting a little bit better. And then my friend's like, Oh, can I go say hi to him? And I'm like, no, like, don't, don't do that. You know? And they're like, Oh, like, it's fine. Like I'm a dog person. Oh. I fucking that's like everyone's famous last words. I'm a dog person. Dogs love me. Like ugh, you're just shut up. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> just stop. Yeah, never say it ever again. Yeah. <laughs> and she like opened the back door and was like, "Hey, buddy!" And Ghost is like pinned against the fucking oh back. Oh my god! Because he's like, "What the fuck?" Like he's terrified. You yeah. Know? Like, he didn't really like. He was scared of people. Like he had never really been around a lot of people growing up. And then he started reacting and barking at her. And then that's when it got worse in the car. So it was just like it's hard being around people that don't listen to you and like think that like they know more than you about dogs than like you do about your own dog. Yeah. And that was like what I just dealt with with months on months on months on end where it's like, I'm doing all the right things, but it's like, I can control the situations that I can put my dog in, but I can't control what everyone else does around me. Even when I tell them like people are still going to keep trying do whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like kind of the hardest part. It was like, I was never around people who like, understood and would like give him his own space you know it's like I would do things where people would sit on the couch and I would have him go up and take food and they'd recall him off of him but then it's like they would take food and they would like look at him and start petting him and it's like well once my dog's giving you an inch don't take a mile you know and exactly like, oh but like he's like fine you know he likes me to pet him and he's like lip licking yeah I'm like oh yeah no <laughs> you're like no you're about to get bit yeah and yeah people like just no one understood it you know and like no one would listen to me advocating for my dog and that was just really tough so yeah I'd lived in that apartment for like two months then I had broke up with my ex um and I had moved back in with my parents that was my apartment so I had just had him like staying there mm-hmm. um I had them all staying there like while I moved out and then um I had my dog at my parents house so just a lot of like inconsistency in his life you know like the first five months he's living somewhere else then we have this other apartment we're living in for like four months then my lease ended and then now we're in this another apartment then I break up with the person that you knew from day one that I um from when I got you and then now we're living with two other people and this is like when your reactivity first started so, um, that was difficult cause he had still the barrier problems. I had his crate in my room when people would like walk by the doors of my room, he would go like nutso like on them, you know, like, so people like no one could ever take him out of the crate. It was like only me that could do that. So if I was working, there was a time when I was working, I would take him on a three to five mile hike every single day before I worked so that he could sit in the crate for like six or seven hours while I was working just so that like he didn't have to get taken out. Like, I would take him out at four in the morning sometimes, you know? Yeah. And, like, he was great in public. Like, I took him everywhere with me. Like, he was a perfect dog in public. Um, But, yeah, so all these things were happening. My parents had told me from the day that I moved in that he had to be out of the house by June 1st, basically, was the day that they had given me. And I kind of thought they were bluffing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that was my How'd that go? Yeah. No, yeah. (laughs) Now I don't have a dog anymore, so. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so that's what they had told me, that he had to be out of the house. And, um... I'd done all this work with him. Then that was like when I had met Marcella and Marcella was like, 
I was basically treating him as like a working dog, like only a working dog. Because basically with him, you know, his drive for food, toys, whatever, like outweighed his uncomfortability with people. So he could be around everyone like in drive, just like not really out of drive most of the time. So I was just taking him out to like only do obedience with him. So then I did a lot of advanced obedience with him, like had him doing like down in his emotions, like competition heels. Like that's like what I just drilled him with for like two months. Um, and then it was still was not getting better because my parents like are also very social people. They have people over all the time. And every time they would have people over, they would ask me to have go stay at a boarding facility because the um, guest bedroom was right next to my bedroom. So like anytime someone would get up to go to the bathroom, he would go nutso in the crate, you know? Oh. Yeah. So it was like getting really annoying and like they were like, they didn't, were not fond of it, you know? And yeah. like, it also stressed him out a lot. So he'd have like really bad diarrhea in the crate all the time. Just because, German shepherd things. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Like, they're horrible. <laughs> yeah. No, I like shepherds. So like this, the shepherd that we have here right now, like, I love him now, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm going to be really sad when he goes home. Max? <laughs> yes. I know. He's so cute. I love him now. <laughs> He's a good boy. Yeah. I was, like, sitting with him on, the like, his, like, dog bed for, like, 30 minutes last night. <laughs> <laughs> he loves it. I know. He's so sweet. Okay. So, looking back um, at kind of where you're at now, would you have done things differently with Ghost? Yes. A thousand percent. Um... So I would have done things differently, but a lot of it was out of my control because it's like a lot of it had to do with like other people not being on the same page with me. I wish that I had um, maybe done like a little bit more research, obviously, on the breeder, you know? Yeah. But that's like kind of inevitable. Um, like I wish that I had done more research. Um, I wish that from like day one, I didn't really treat him as much like a house pet I like I let him kind of do like a lot of whatever he wanted like in the house um like he wasn't allowed in the kitchen and stuff but that's like different rules you know but like when people would walk in like he would be out with my roommates or whatever so then like whenever I would walk in like he would greet me at the door and it's like with dogs like that that like have reactivity to people walking in like I don't want them to greet me or anyone at the door even if it's people that they like because it's like now you have that impulse control of like it's just it's just poor impulse control like if you're allowed to greet everyone at the door and it's like now that there's this person that is walking in that you don't like it's like now you're not allowed to greet them and that's like kind of different for them so i would just not let him greet anyone at the door ever that's what i would have done differently um and just like a lot more consistency like with his training uh oh i also forgot there was like three months where he was in um psa too i've left that part out oh yeah so we're doing biting My things. Bad. Yeah, we did do that. He had no drive for bite work, which you'd think that he would since he bit three people, but yeah. <laughs> you'd think, yeah. That's what everyone says. Yeah, no, he didn't at all. He had great drive for scent work though. So he did like scent around the apartment and stuff. And even now, like he's up in New York and that's what they're doing with him is scent. Yeah. Like they were like, Oh, I wouldn't cancel out bite work and then I was like, Yeah, but he has no drive for it and then they get him, they're like, Yeah, you're right, he has no drive for it and I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> you're like, Yeah, it's, that's what I said. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So ultimately you did end up having to like rehome him. Yeah. Was there anything that was kind of like the final straw or your parents were just like, It's time? Um, my parents were like, It's time, you know? And yeah. then also the time like I was struggling with him like a lot. Like there was just a lot of like inconsistency with me for like the past like this just whole year was like very inconsistent. You know, I had gone out of like a two year relationship. Um, I just now had like this dog and moved back in with my parents. Like just everything was just 
very different. Like I hadn't lived with my parents in like a long time, you know, since I was like 18, 19, something like that. Yeah. Um, just like a lot of like inconsistency and like, I was like, okay, like I had this whole plan for like what I was doing with my life. And it's like, now that's all like out of the way. Like I have no idea what I'm doing with my life now. So it was just a lot of like inconsistency, a lot of like, your dogs also obviously pick up on your own emotions. So like me just at the time being like, just very anxious, like also acting on impulse with everything. Like it like rubbed off on my dog as well too. Yeah. And my parents are very much just like, you need to like focus on yourself and like not devote your entire life to like this dog. And like, you know, cause it impacted everything that I did. I didn't have people over. Like I didn't have anyone come into to my room. Like I never had people sleep over. Like I could never have a guy over. Like it was just not a thing. Like if I ever did anything, like I'd have to pay a bunch of money for him to go stay at a boarding facility because my parents couldn't watch him because a, they don't know how to handle him and B they couldn't go in the room and take him out. Right. You know? Um, and so that's just, the, that's like the yeah. most difficult thing about having dogs like that is like for myself with Gretchen, it's different because she lives in a dog trainer house. Right. Mm-hmm. So like I know for the most part that she can be handled by other people. But, you know, if I just lived in like a regular house and I had to say like, hey, roommate, you know, take this dog out like it would not oh, go yeah. over very well. No, at all. all. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. no. <laughs> so that's like one of another like thing that I know so many people struggle with is when you do have a dog like that or even like Goldie's owners you know Mm -hmm. like when we were doing her go home like they were like do you guys do boarding and I'm like yeah I will board your dog you know like she can't go anywhere else yeah no one else is going to be able to handle her definitely bite someone yeah (laughs) (laughs) right and it's like let's avoid that at all costs like we will handle her we trained her you know she will board with us but Mm -hmm. that's a big issue for people and that's literally the only reason why I even do boarding is because it's so difficult to find people who can like safely handle your dog Mm -hmm. especially if you have a high bite risk dog yeah so like uh my friend clayton he had a dog um he had to put the dog down in the past couple years but super big bite risk had bitten him you know had bitten other people and he had like luckily found a boarding facility that was like no contact right like you just go like put the dog in the basically like cell right and then there's a sliding door and they let the dog out into the yard and the dog comes back in and it's like no contact with people right that's great but it's like that's in texas that would never happen in orlando they would be like that's jail that's horrible like you're abuse you know so i think like talking about stuff like this is super important because there are dogs that are like that that are not safe you know, mm-hmm. and like a dog like that living in your household around people who don't know how to manage a dog like that, like it becomes very unsafe. Even like you talking about your friend who you were like, you know, she doesn't really understand dog body language that well and ended up getting her face bitten up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The girl with the lab. Yeah, yeah that was really that's bad. a very real thing. Mm-hmm. And Marcella, didn't you show me? Somebody showed yeah, me a video. I just, of- I just showed you a video the other day of this dog, like this girl who had like this bully and this dog like was already biting household members. Right. But it wasn't that bad. Like, cause we loved him so much anyways. And then her whole entire face got bit up. Her lip had to be reconstructed. 
almost took her eye out and everything like that. And they're like, well, the dog's in quarantine for 10 days and we'll get it back. Like, why do you want that dog? Like, that's an unsafe dog. Like, you genuinely want that dog back after it tried to kill you. Right. Yeah. And my friend, she had a well-bred lab they had as a puppy. And this dog at five years old, literally she had to get 10 stitches in her face from them like getting bit. So it's like, at that point, it wasn't genetics. It was like their fault. Yeah, I mean... Like, you can't love the genetics out of a dog either. You know, like, yeah. you can't you can't do that. It's just it's what people just don't want to talk about and, like, don't want to accept. And it's, like, especially having, like, in your situation, you know, with ghosts and everything, like, mm-hmm. not having a support system is just, that's what just kind of, like, breaks everything, you know? Yeah. So knowing what you know now and, like, working here... Do you think you would have been able to, like, navigate his issues a little bit differently? Yes. Like, I think that if he, like, lived here, like, he would be, like, a perfect dog, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it's also, like, I think you guys could very comfortably handle him. Like, even Marcella handled him and, like... Oh, yeah. And he was great with you. you Yeah, he was... I had zero issues with him at all. Yeah, Mm -hmm. a big part of... Just handling. Well, Mm -hmm. a big part of, like, having a dog like that is having other people... Who have either been through what you've been through or have worked with other difficult dogs and can tell you like, you know, like when your dog nipped your mom and you cried about it for three weeks, you know, <laughs> like I could have very easily been like, Katie, you know, this shit happens. Yeah, it happens. It happens yeah. all the time. It and right me. after that happened, everyone's like, maybe you should rehome him. Maybe you should rehome him. And I'm like crying. I'm like, I don't want to rehome him. Oh my god, I love him. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough and, you know, I kind of asked you before if this is something that you wanted to talk about because I've had to kind of, you know, deal with the idea that I'm going to have to figure out what to do with Gretchen, you know, like she's not a super safe dog and you have to say like, okay, what would happen if I rehomed this dog? Like she would probably bite somebody. One, is it fair to put somebody in that situation where they're going to get bit? And then two, is her lifestyle worth like, or yeah, like is her life worth her lifestyle of what she can do, you know, because Mm -hmm. it has to be so, so structured and like, what is her quality of life? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think it's just so important to talk about because one, people are out here getting hurt by these dogs because we're putting our emotions first. Mm-hmm. You know, there are people who are struggling with these dogs thinking that they're the only ones who have dogs like these mm-hmm. when it's just not the case because we all know that there's shitty breeders out there. Mm hmm shitty shitty breeders out there breeding pretty you know big bitey dogs yeah and they just don't care and they're putting them out there and i'm sure you know ghost is not the only one out of that litter who has issues i had talked to the breeder about it so many times they were like no he's the only one i haven't heard anything and i was like sure yeah Mm -hmm. i was like sure yeah (laughs) i've uh i've had issues with nimbus snapping at my family members too yeah. And that's something like I've I mean like I haven't really talked about it like online, you know, but yeah, like that's absolutely happened. Like he snapped at my little brother like multiple times. He's growled at me before and he's also like yeah, like he's straight up he's growled at me before for like uh resource guarding my mom. Like that was a huge thing when I was living with my parents cuz Nimbus is like kind of like 
I wouldn't say like on the same like level as good. Like Nimbus is pretty neutral, but like very inconsistent his whole life. Like the whole situation like I went through was like the whole time when he was a puppy and like the most essential time for him to be socialized properly and get worked and all this stuff. And I just like wasn't training and like all this stuff. Right. So I was living with my parents like the whole time. And of course, like, yes, my dogs are very cuddly dogs. My dogs are very social and like goofy and all these things. But at the end of the day, like they're still a Malinois. Yeah. They're still a Malinois. Well, you say, you say like, oh, his life was like consistent. But I mean, Minka has had like the cushiest life. Yeah. Right. And she still snapped at somebody at Nicole's house. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like I did everything I was supposed to do. But at the end of the day, like these dogs are meant to bite. Exactly. At the end of the day, like these are predators that we have in our home. Yeah. You know? And I think one of the biggest things is people put way too much human emotions way too much personification on animals and that's like the biggest thing that people struggle with you know like oh a thousand percent the very first time i ever boarded ghost was like a week i was out of town for like a work trip that i was on for like the old job i used to work at and i remember saying to lady i was like oh i wonder if he thinks i abandoned him and she was like dogs don't think like that she was like like one of the worst things you can do for your dog is put human emotions on them and i think that's one thing that people struggle with a lot yeah, like, even with boarding trains, like, when I did the facility, they're like, does he miss me? I'm like, no, they, like, think <laughs> You they don't run. exist. Yeah, no, like, like, literally. Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, the dog will be uncomfortable for, like, a couple days just because, like, it's a new environment. And then after that, like, they're running that shit, you know? Yeah. Like, they, like, they think they live here. They're like, oh, I live here now. But, yeah, like, with Nimbus, like. Um, every single, every single person that, like, does a boarding train, they're like, oh, my gosh, are they going to forget me? And I'm like. No. no oh are they gonna be they don't sad miss you like that. yeah are yeah. they gonna be sad that i'm not there no even, not that either it's funny because yeah. even today wesley was like um i wonder if asher looks for me every time you guys go out i was like she definitely doesn't <laughs> <laughs> I was bro like, it's always the guys <laughs> i like, know it's literally always <laughs> the guys like they're soft <laughs> as fuck like doing, doing, <laughs> doing the go home sessions and like the wives are like listen to the dog trainer and i'm like trying to like teach the husband the things and i like with uh slater's owner he was like shocked that i was like just toss the food in the crate he's like you're not gonna put it in a bowl and i was Can't. like no just like toss the food he's like she's like a prisoner <laughs> but like, it's like the dog that? like the dog cannot care. differentiate a difference yeah like, like you know it, it's us like we like bowls you know like dogs don't care you yeah, know no. they just want the food doesn't they'd matter. be rolling around in the back and everything yeah like yeah. dogs literally will like eat their own shit you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. they literally will <laughs> yeah. but i think that that sort of mentality puts people in danger you know so like i think you did the right thing Mm-hmm. based on everything that you've kind of like talked about like mm-hmm. that dog should not be living in that household yeah you know because and it could have turned into something like really severe yeah but if you would have let your like emotions get the best of you you would have been like i love this dog so much i would do whatever and then like mm-hmm. something traumatic happens yeah you know and that's like the one thing too is like um he like i rehomed him but it wasn't that like because i posted like a tiktok about it and I got, like, a bunch of hate about, like, rehoming him and stuff. And they're like, I'm sure. why would you get a dog you didn't have time for? Oh, and like, I was like, no, it didn't. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. But I was being so mean back to everyone in the comments. I was bullying people. But I was like, 
I was like, no, the issue is not that I didn't have time for him. It's not that I can't train him. The issue is just that, like, he does not fit my lifestyle. Like, I wanted a dog to do, like, sport and, like, fun, advanced obedience with, which is great. But, like, he just would better fit someone's lifestyle. And he was a dog who was well-trained. He's a really fun dog, like, really cute, really well-trained out in public. It's not like no one wanted him, you know? Right. Like, I had hundreds and hundreds of people message asking to like have him really and I had to turn down a lot of people yeah oh my god because a lot of people I'd sit on the phone with someone for like an hour just going over everything with them and then like after that whole hour of me explaining the fact that he bit three people and like explaining all the issues they're like this they're like <laughs> oh god Bro, this little dog <laughs> we're crate training That's a so bad. we're crate training a doberman and he does this all day yeah not even not even just in the crate like outside the crate outside in the living room no matter where he is he's just like screaming 24 7 yeah does he stop okay he's he's slow he's probably gonna go for like another five minutes (laughs) anyways we're just gonna have to you know power through this you're gonna hear this all in the podcast Oh, a thousand percent. So you want to be a dog trainer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I feel like um, in all of the episodes, it's like us like dragging, at a, the dogs. dragging <laughs> a dog into the other room or like Minka's always like rattling around in the Every crate. Time. I know. <laughs> She's so annoying. Like, every time. We're like yeah. eating a towel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But, She's um, so funny for that. Yeah. So like a big thing. A big thing is so like oh yeah so i've had nitro right like nitro i honestly have never had an issue with like with other people he's like never snapped at other people sarah has snapped at my brother before she's she's like a very sweet dog she's very tolerant she just was not like her stomach touched by like other people oh, sarah yeah. scared me at first sarah yeah, almost she's just, just intense yeah. she fucking scares everybody and you're she's like <laughs> bro when i this? when i work sarah i dodge her because she just will like come at you no yeah. like submarine dive into you and like yeah. the bruises that were on my leg that one big one that was right here was from sarah <laughs> i left her alone for like <laughs> one week and she's like black and blue all over her legs yes uh, i did a lot yeah. with them though too but yeah. like yeah you yeah. did so much but yeah. i also bruised really easily to be fair but yeah that bruise from sarah was black that was the worst one it was yeah. like it was like six by three like <laughs> yeah. but, like um, green and black <laughs> Yeah, so, like, the first time, like, I worked so hard, like, all summer to get Sura to live in my house. Like, you have no idea how hard I I tried because my parents were like, hell no, that bitch Turning is not her living into with a house us. dog. Oh, my God. She finally, like, she was the perfect house dog. Like, she was amazing house dog. You know, like, she was finally, like, sleeping in the middle of the day, like, on the couch. Like, she was doing so, so, so well. Um, there was one day, like, my brother, like, she was just, like, laying down in the kitchen, then, of course, like, Cullen came over and, like, laid down behind her, and, like, I was, like, "Mm," I was, like, watching it, like, she was okay, and then he went to go pet her stomach, like, while he was, like, kissing her head, and I was, like, don't do that, and then she snapped at him, didn't make contact, but it was definitely, like, a warning, and I said, please do not touch her stomach. She does not like that. The only person who can touch her stomach is like literally me. Like, and it took me like two years to do that, you know, um, for her to like feel comfortable with me doing that. And so after that, a week later, same thing happened when I wasn't home. There's every time there has been an issue with my dogs. I have not been home, you know? Oh, I mean, same. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, I get it. <laughs> but like, it's like like my family, you know, like they, like my dogs are super cuddly. They are super friendly. Like they get along amazing, like in the house. Like they act like pets, but yeah. at the end of the day, like they're not pets. Like I've had so many issues, so many times I have just cried myself to sleep over issues that like, could have absolutely been prevented if people would just respect my rules and boundaries with my dogs. Yes. If Nimbus does not have the structure that he has, his behavior is so out of control. Like he will start resource guarding people. Like he'll re- like he started he spent 2 days with my parents like at their house and then he started resource guarding me against like my boyfriend at the mm-hmm. time like I was like, where did that come from? He's never done that with me. Like, he's always, like, resource guarded my mom. But, like, you know, this is when I was, like, in the hospital for a few days. And I came back. My dog, all these behavior issues. I'm like, what the heck happened to this? Like, he did not have these issues before. Like, he's had these issues before, but, like, not with me. Not at my apartment. Yeah. You know? Because it's been structured since day one. And he does so much better with that. Well, I think most dogs like that yeah do yeah you know and that's why like if you did have ghosts still and you had them here it would Mm -hmm. probably be very very different yeah yeah and then um he like he's growled at me before for getting near my mom like he like would always spend time like standing over my mom or like my mom is working all day at home right like on her computer and he's laying right there at her feet in the office every single day when like he should have been in the kennel like certain things like my parents did a good job of like letting them out when i was like out or at work and all these things and like i'm very appreciative of that but also like don't just let them out and do whatever the heck they want you know like there was one situation where i was at work and i and like my mom texted me saying that nimbus bit liam and I was like, he bit Liam, like, what the heck? Like, there wasn't, like, a puncture or anything like that, but he definitely snapped at Liam for, like, trying to hug my mom. Your brother. Yes, my little brother. He was, like, he's 13. Um, but there was a decent scratch on his arm, you know? And I was, like, I was in tears. I was, like, why the hell did this happen? Why is he out? Why was he even put in this situation? See, that's the thing that sucks the most is, like, when that shit happens, like, it's not really the dog's fault. It's right? not. Because it's, it's like... Not, no. It, when we knew this, this has happened before. Exactly. You know? It's not the dog's fault. And it's, like, it sucks because that dog has just gotten that experience right so like when you said oh the you know ghost snapped at your mom that first time it's like ah that it's just such a slippery slope yeah it's like once it's like the same thing where like once a dog gets a live bite it's like oh fuck you know yeah yeah and it, it was just like i was like already upset because then sarah wasn't living at my house because of the same situation right like i already lost one dog because of it now here goes the next one like I was like, I was like, that just kind of like gave me like PTSD, like a flashback. And like, I, it hurts so bad to like even see that text, you know, I got home and I'm like, I just like basically screamed at them, you know, like the, cause like they don't like, they don't understand like the extent of it, you know, like they, like it shouldn't even get to a situation to where he even put a mark on Liam for you to finally understand like, this is not okay. Right. You know, for you like to structure finally, and boundaries. Yeah. For you to finally understand, like, this should not have happened 
this is the reason why this happened, right? And, like, I would, they're like, no, 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 like, I get it. I understand. I'm like, look, if you let him out to go to the bathroom, he needs to go directly back in the crate. He cannot hang out with you guys if I am not home. Yeah. Right? Keep them in the fucking crate. And so, and then, like, I, like, you know, got my shit together. I needed to leave the house because, like, I was losing my damn mind, right? So I put my dogs in the crate. I have a camera in my room. Put my dogs in the crate. I go to dinner. This place was 20 minutes away from my house. I get an alert on my phone from the camera in my room. Guess who's letting my dogs out? Liam. And I know Liam just didn't go let my dogs out. I know, like, they're like, oh, go let Marcella's dogs out to potty when they do not need to go. They were just out 20 minutes ago. Yeah, that's also another thing is people will be like, I feel bad. I know. That's I know. I, And it's like, you're going to get bit. You're going like, to get bit. I feel bad if you get bit. But you like, know, like, don't. Yeah. Just the dog I was fine. just in tears downstairs explaining that I don't want my dog to be kicked out of this house because of a situation that he was put in. Right. Even though we know this happened. Right. And then I went upstairs. I put him in the crate. I said, don't touch him. 20 minutes later, before I even get to the place, he's already out of the crate by the same person he just bit. Right. And I get home two hours later. Guess who greets me at the door? My fucking dogs. (laughs) And then they still don't like, you know what I mean? And that's a situation that I talk to so many people about. I I think Mm -hmm. definitely more in like virtual sessions, people reach out to me and be like, I'm super into the training, but my family's not or my Mm -hmm. boyfriend's not or whoever isn't. And like, I'm not getting anywhere. Like I literally cannot get anywhere because you're just essentially trying to train the people in your household at that point. You know, it's super, literally super tough. put a lock, like a padlock on the crate. I'm not kidding. Like I was literally about to be at that point. Yeah. I was literally about to buy a padlock and put the padlock on the crate so they cannot take my dogs out Yeah, because I didn't, I don't have any other option for people to respect my rules and boundaries in the house. Like it's that essential. Like one more bite could have been like, that could have been 10 times worse, you know? Yeah. And, again, and it's even more difficult too if you just have like roommates, you yeah, know, because it's not even like your family. Yeah, it's just random strangers that you have to convince how to you know handle a dog. Yeah, like no one was on the same page as me ever with anything. Like I would be, especially after he was having reactivity issues. I'm like, um, and like at this point, he'd already bit two people, and I was like, do not like let him out of the crate if I'm not there. Like if you have friends over, do not take him out of the crate if I am not there. And then like. Then, like, after they would be like, oh, we, we let him out. And I'm like, why the fuck would you fucking do that when I just gave you very clear instructions not to do that? And same thing how you were saying how, like, oh, when people are like, oh, I feel bad. Like, I feel bad for them. It'd be the same thing with my parents. Like, my mom would be like, I feel bad. He's in there. I'm like, me, me, me. And I'm like, mom, I literally hiked four fucking miles with him and he had two training sessions today. Like, I promise you he is fine. Like, as long as your dog is physically and mentally worked throughout the day, it's fine for them to do nothing. For yeah. The rest and of the what's day. the alternative? Like him biting your mom? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you want to get bit like, again? Right. And my mom no, would like, be she like, can take him out. I'm like, my mom would be like, oh, but I just want to snuggle with him on the couch. I'm like, my dog doesn't even like to snuggle with me. I'm like, he just wants to coexist in the same like five feet vicinity as me, you know, like he doesn't want he's not like a very snuggly dog like that. You know, like most shepherds aren't really like that either. That's more of like, I think Malinois are like more cuddly than shepherds are, you know. And I'm like, mom, I don't even stick my fucking face in my dog's face, you know, like 
people who were like kiss all their on their dog and like lay on them and i'm like i don't even do that to my dog also because i don't want him to lick my face you know <laughs> yeah like and she boundaries this, yeah, boundaries yeah. with yeah. those people dogs just are just so it. important mm-hmm. and not even just boundaries like your boundaries with like what you do to the dog but what the dog you allow the dog to do to you you know it's like i'm not gonna let people come into your space and like kiss on your face and like lay on top of you and like whatever and so it's like i'm not gonna let you do that to me i don't i'm not gonna i don't want you to be pushy with me i don't want you to be like licking all over my face because like i don't want people to do that to you you know yeah and um i remember i had my ex oh i'm totally calling him on this but i like (laughs) whatever we're here for it yeah but he used to um like snuggle with ghost in the morning and ghost didn't really like him that much you know which is like it's yeah none of red flag red flag (laughs) red flag but yeah ghost didn't really like him that much but in the mornings and stuff he would like i would like ghost on the bed and he would come and like lay with us in the mornings and he um i have i literally took a video of it once and my ex is like kind of like on top of him, like licking his face, like rubbing his belly, but like on top of him. And Ghost is like his ears are pinned back. He's like lip licking, and then he starts licking my ex's face. And I showed him the video after, like show him because I said to him so many times, I'm like, I'm like, oh, stop doing that. He doesn't like it. And he's like, he loves it. He loves it. Yeah. And I'm like, no, he doesn't like it. You know. And then I go to show him this video. I'm like, do you see all these like warning signs that he's giving you that he's stressed out and he doesn't like this? You know, and it's like people literally don't understand. And they it's the don't. same thing with Goldie's owners. Yes. Where like I literally we have this dog like on place in the go home session and I like walk two or one of the kids walked by the dog. OK, and tried to go up and pet her. And then the dog started growling at the kid and the kid backed off. And I showed them. I said, look, I'm going to take two steps forward towards your dog. The dog starts lip licking, ears pinned back, like avoiding eye contact with me. I'm like, these are very clear signs of dog body language that your dog does like is uncomfortable. doesn't want people near them because they think every single time someone's going to come near them, they're going to like smother them with all this like affection that they don't want. And I'm like, these all these signs were ignored for so long that now your dog is going to result in growling and biting like because you didn't listen to them the first time, you know? Like yeah. they're trying to communicate to you and tell you in so many ways and you're not listening. And the only way that's working that you're listening to is the growling and biting. Yeah. You know? So I was like, okay, well maybe if I advocate for him and all these other scenarios, like where I'm like not letting everyone else be super pushy with him because he was like a very insecure dog. He wouldn't necessarily stand up to himself when it came to like the other people around the house, you know, like he would never have bitten my other roommates besides like the one guy he didn't like, but he would never bite me my ex or like my ex's best friend that lived with us. Yeah. And, um, so I was like, well, if I can advocate for him in these situations that he's like uncomfortable, maybe that'll help like in the other scenarios, you know, but yeah, people just, people don't get it, you know, as shitty as the situation with ghost like was, Mm -hmm. um, it has given you that perspective, you know? Mm -hmm. So now you're working with, Bobby, who has a reactive dog, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're able to relate to him on a level that you wouldn't have been able to relate to him on if you hadn't had ghosts, you know, like having a dog like that gives you this extra perspective of like, hey, for sure, I relate to you. And I can also see all the little things that you're doing, you Mm -hmm. know, like the importance of his body language and him tensing up. And yeah, because you experienced that with yourself. Yeah. Like I had a situation where so in situations where like I knew my dog down to a T. I knew every little thing that would like set him off, you know, so I would try to avoid those things like purposely where 
we were in the car, you know, putting someone else in the car before I put him in the car, like just things like that, you know, that I knew would set him off. And I had this one situation where I'd brought him out to a restaurant with me, super, super good in public. Like he will stay in a down, like he's really good, very neutral to everyone. Like waiters can come by and step over him and like put stuff down and he's fine. Like won't, won't think, think two things of it. And I had a friend come over and he doesn't like, like face on face, like conflict like when the attention's on him and I had a friend like come over on the side of the table and I was like oh like can you walk around like my dog's here and like all of my friends like knew that I was like into training you know I had like a whole dog training TikTok like everyone knew not to pet my dog you know and he comes up and he's like and I was like he was like oh I can't pet him I can't say hi and I was like no like you can't pet him and I'm like freaking the fuck out right now because I'm like oh shit like my dog does not like this like you know And so I'm, like, really tense. Like, I can feel my heart is beating really fast. Like, I'm super anxious in this scenario. And he's like, oh, but, like, I'm a dog person. It's fine. Reaches his hand over my dog's head and is, like, leaning down, like, making direct eye contact with him. And, like, I'm (laughs) standing there. Yes, all the pressure. And I'm standing there. And I'm like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Because I, like, no ghost is going to react. And then it's like, I can control my dog. You know, like, I know my dog is in control as long as you're listening to me. But it's like, I have this friend who's not listening to me. And then I have my dog who's like, I'm holding his leash and I'm like, oh, fuck. And then my dog just like snaps at him. Didn't bite him. He just like growled and like, yeah. And now I have to like correct him. I had to choke him out on a freaking prong collar and put him back into his down for him to stop because we're out in the middle of public. Right. And it's like, well, now my dog has to pay for it because you won't listen to me. And that's right. not fair to him. Right. Because he would have been completely fine if you had ignored him. You could stand right in front of him. And just, like, ignore him. But when you're putting all this forward pressure on him, when I told you twice not to do that, now my dog has to pay for it. Because I've been doing so long. I've been working so hard to, like, advocate for him. And it's, like, he feels like he has to advocate for himself because I'm trying to advocate for himself, for me, or I'm trying to advocate for him, and you're not listening to me. Yeah. And that's the hardest part is, like, being around a bunch of people who, like, don't don't get it. And same thing with, like, people who have, like dog friends and stuff like that like when you first get a dog and you like want to have them all these want to get them to have all these friends and then you end up having a reactive dog because you don't have any friends who are like well behaved around other dogs and like can't like just go on like a neutral walk and you don't have any people that can just like you know it, it's yeah. it's very hard not having people who get exactly. it exactly support system yeah, yeah. support system That's and, it's and very hard. that girl who came today that was her yeah. issue is she was like she has this little reactive dog, right? And she has done everything. She couldn't work through the reactivity. And I brought out like our dogs, my dogs, put them on place, right? Like she was like, I my, my dog has never been in a situation where it's like next to another dog that's not reacting or like yes. not being crazy. And I'm like, yeah, that's the value of like sending your dog away to trainers. It does wonders. You know? It really does, you know? Yeah. And especially like um, to go back, to Bobby, this dog that I'm training, his name's Jack. He's like people aggressive and like dog aggressive, like semi. Um, and uh, yeah, this dog had just bitten someone um, not too long ago, like honestly a really bad bite. Yeah. And I got to see all the mistakes that I made with my dog because like there would be situations where like I knew my dog would react and I would literally have to sit there and like control my breathing to slower my heart rate just so that like, <laughs> just so that like, he did not pick up on my language. Like I would literally do that. I would sit there and like have breathing exercises and like try to keep myself very calm. And then he wouldn't react, you know? Yeah. But like just little things on like tensing up on the leash when you think your dog's going to react. And like we, I took this dog out in public and not a single reaction. And he's like, my dog would have had three reactions by now. And I literally told him, I said, 
because we were recall training this dog. I said, leave four feet on the leash. So you literally cannot tense up on the leash. And the yeah. dog did perfect. The yeah. dog did perfect. And same thing with like people walking into the house is like his huge trigger. So I said, leave your dog on place. I said, go sit on the other side of the room and I'm going to walk by and I'm going to put kibble down like on his placement. Did completely fine. I'm like, when you're standing next to him and you're all anxious, it's like he's thinking it's us versus them. You know, right. because you're super anxious, it's going to make him anxious because he's a really insecure dog. I'm like, just go sit on the other side of the room. The dog did absolutely great today. Like, we brought Nitro on, like, a walk. The dog did so good. Only, like, one little tiny bark. That was it. Nice. Yeah, it was really great. Just because, like, this is the first time he's around, like, dogs that are, like, also very neutral. And he's, like, understands, like, this is what he's supposed to be doing. Because now you understand the position of, like, heel. And it's, like, no matter what's around you, same rules apply no matter what's going on. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I got to like look at all the little mistakes. It honestly made me really emotional. <laughs> I was like, of course Meg would give me this dog to train. <laughs> I'm very intentional with everything that I, I know. do. Yeah. But it honestly You were freaking out been, at first. You're like, oh, no, I was I think this I was dog like, is too intense and I'm like Mahahaha. I know. And like really I'm <laughs> like, nah, I can stress. handle this. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was a little nervous, but no, honestly the dog's doing really good and I was like, no, nah, he'll be fine. It was so good. <laughs> yeah. It was literally so good. Like yeah. and like even the bark that she mentioned, like I did not even hear the bark. It yeah, was, it was like, like it was one. just like a little boof. Yeah. yeah, you know? Like yeah. Very and low booth. I have videos of like the very first day that I walked in and that dog was like Losing scary. It. I was like, oh shit. Yeah. And then today, one little bark, one, two huffs. It was like, like when I walked yeah. in, you know? Yeah. And then I had, you know, Bobby hold the dog like and do walking drills with him while I'm walking in, two little huffs. Then I had me hold the dog and have Marcella walk in and I did the same thing with the dog. No reaction at all to Marcella no walking in. No reaction. Nice. Yeah. So, so good. good. And Bobby, I could just see the relief on his face. Like he was so happy. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is insane because I remember like crying about my dog for weeks on end. Don't you about wish somebody would have come in and I done that with you? Wish. Yeah. I fucking know. Because instead of just shocking my dog to stay on place <laughs> and making him just stare at this trigger the entire time and like he's stressed out and he's a seven month old puppy. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's fucking horrible. And I think that, like, I just wish I knew more at the time. But I also I think that, like, now I'm really grateful for it because I think that, like, I am a way better trainer because of it. A thousand you know? percent. Mm-hmm. A thousand percent. For sure. Yeah. And I think that's valuable to be able to relate to people who are struggling with their mm-hmm. dogs. Because, yeah. you know, like, as we talk about this, this is going to the the audience that we're talking to and that shows up on social media on like dog trainer social media are those owners that are like doing all the things right Mm -hmm. but those aren't the people that we're working with most of the time it's people who have never had a dog like this before they're not aware of you know dogs like this and they call a trainer they call us because they're like oh my god like what do i do Mm -hmm. you know it's not the people who are on the internet watching all of the videos and (laughs) you know like there don't you think that there's such a difference between like working with like regular clients and then like online stuff oh a thousand percent it's completely different the dog training world through tiktok is like insane so weird it's like not it's, just it's nothing it's not like real. how it is it's not real <laughs> it's not real it's not, not real. real it's so weird like to see that because like my whole thing started from tiktok like that's how like i know you guys that's how i met marcella yeah. like you know like my running that dog training tiktok that i had yeah. yeah yeah that's how i like saw her on tiktok she like recreated one of my videos of like 
the, doing the dog between the legs with like the Nerf gun through the house type of thing. Yeah, like that's that's literally what she posted. I think that's like the value of social way. media is obviously like connections. Connections. Yeah, yeah. like I think like I know. But everyone. as far as like information of dog training goes, and that's why I get fucking blasted on TikTok. <laughs> not everyone everyone you know, everyone on TikTok is just all the little like everyone hates you on TikTok. I know. <laughs> it's just it's horrible. <laughs> and I'm like this is just stuff that I say to owners every single day. But it's like owners that are coming to us that are like I'm getting rid of this dog if we don't have solutions, you yeah. know? And it's yeah. like simple little things that I say on the internet that like TikTok just like comes for me for. Yeah. And I'm like this is not like we're if you're a decent dog trainer, this is what we're all doing. Like, we're all yeah. doing the same thing. And people are just overwhelming their dogs with all this, like, enrichment and crazy Stupid stuff. shit. Oh, my God. That is yeah. what I'm seeing more of now is, like, we're getting these, like, neurotic, <sighs> mm-hmm. drivey, very obedient Mm-hmm. But like can't sit still like Nimbus. crackheads. <laughs> yeah. But Kai and Max right now, like those have been like my two favorite dogs to train because like I love I love like training the I love proofing commands. Like I love doing e collar with like dogs that are just like super neurotic and like just making them like calm. Slow them like, down. Yeah, and like yeah. just proofing all of their commands, you know, like dogs who like can't hold it down to like save their life, you know? Right. Like I just I like doing that. I think yeah. it's very fun, you know? like you're doing all the right things you're just missing that last step is all yeah and that's how most people are yeah just like the girl who came today i was like you did all the things like your dog knows place knows heel like Mm -hmm. that dog whipped into a heel i was like girl look at this look at this loose lead walk she's like i do the i do the walking drills like oh i know i was like you're hired like your timing is amazing (laughs) but she she was just missing that like next step which was proofing the commands holding the dog accountable mm-hmm. you know like so like correcting the dog and stuff correcting the dog for you know breaking things that we know the dog understands yeah like you know? holding them accountable <clears throat> that's one thing too that was super soft on my dog because like everything on tiktok is like don't correct your dog your dog like, should never so be uncomfortable that. ever yeah and ugh, it's so annoying but like, yeah i was super soft i mean i was like semi-strict on him but i was definitely super super soft on him and it's like then he was pushy, you know, because he like, he, yeah, he's a, he was a little manipulator. Yeah. <laughs> That's also like, I feel like with my training too, like I am very hard on a dog, but also like, I don't think you should say you're hard on a dog. I'm not. Not like that. Stri- like, I yeah. know. I'm just telling oh, you I know, that. I probably like going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not hard on a dog like that. No, to take it back. You're like, firm with the dogs. Yeah. Like you don't let them like walk all over you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like. Don't push me around. That's fucking annoying. Right. Um, Yeah, and I'm like the same way with them. Yeah. I mean, I think we all are. We have to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty fair with them. Like, definitely, like, don't be doing dumb shit, right? Obviously, like, I'm going to hold you accountable. Like, I know you know this. Like, get it together. Like, figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) You know? But at the same time, like, I'm still going to, like, reward you for all those, like, tiny little things. And I feel like with my, like, training, like... The trainer I learned from was pretty freaking compulsive, like, with everything. He made sure I wasn't compulsive. Like, say, like, I gave a bit too much of a correction. He's like, no, 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 make sure, like, that correction is slower, right? But if he held the leash, it would have been something else. Like, way too strong, right? But, and then, of course, whenever I trained my dogs, like, I was really, really, like, I was firm, but, like, I was, like, I was pretty positive like i i really wasn't correcting them you know um 
And then I worked at that facility, and then I could feel myself, like, it was just, like, compulsion, like, hidden compulsion, you know. Um, at the at the second facility that I worked at, so then I could feel myself, like, just, like, see myself, like, getting heavier-handed, and it just, like, was not a good feeling. Like, I did not like doing that, because it was, like, correcting a dog for things that, like, they didn't even know yet. Like, why are we doing this? Like, this is so unfair. Like, I didn't like it. But then I'm getting yelled at for, like, luring and, like, helping a dog through a situation. Yeah. You know, instead of pressuring them. But now it's like, now it's like, yeah, like, correct the dog, you know. Like, no, but we're but not, like, we're we not, really, like, don't correct the dogs that don't. much. No. We really don't. Everything That's is like, very positive, And every- it's just, it's. Yeah, like, it's very just, like, guiding the dog, like, the whole time, you know? They're living like, their best lives. Yeah, they have so much fun here. Literally. They really do. Like, all the it's dogs like camp. Here. You told mm-hmm. you yeah. said it perfectly. You're like, Slater's, like, camp counselor now. Yes. She, like, graduated. I love it. Like, all the dogs that come here for training and stuff, it's like, by the time they leave, like, they're so good. I fucking love them. You know, like, the last week, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, like, I love you so much. And then whenever they come back here for boarding, they're literally, like, camp counselors because they just, like we give them more freedom you know yeah. like Slater's like free roaming around the house and like she never really did that whenever she was here yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. like she just free roaming and we're like we'll let you do what you want you know because you're already trained you listen like you'll recall you like, make good decisions you'll get in your crate on command like yeah. you, you're good you yeah, know yeah, yeah. it's funny too. the Pomeranians are on point right now <laughs> they're staying on place I open I the know, door they've been so good I open the door they're just like they're waiting like I just open their crates like to refill their water and then they're just like sitting there like really nice like, you know what's interesting that i was thinking about today is i was like i feel like i was so overwhelmed like a couple weeks ago and it's because this round of board and trains that we have all started the same week oh i know yeah and they're all going home the same week so now they're great yeah you know like all of them are great it was so (laughs) many so many like (laughs) chaos Yeah. yeah so many chaotic dogs but um all right, I think we need to wrap it up there. I always forget to do my little, like, announcements at the beginning. I should really do those at the beginning so that people actually listen to them. But, but now everyone has to listen to the podcast to hear the announcement. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening to this, the day it can- comes out, Friday, August 4th, leashes are back in stock on our website. So that is at noon Eastern Standard Time. Podcast comes out early in the morning. So if you're listening to it early and you want to buy leeches, 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 oh, leeches, <laughs> set an alarm on your phone. We also have some shirts in there. I know I got a lot of requests for our shirts as well. So you can buy our merch, our leeches. That will all be in the store on Friday, August 4th at noon. I think that's all that i've got you can follow marcella and katie they finally made t-e-t the everyday trainer instagrams t-e-t dot marcella yes and m-a-r-c-e-l-a t-e-t dot katie right yeah k-a-t-i-e in case cool you don't know how to spell katie i'm gonna need you to make some posts now (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know i'm kind of bad at that honestly that's okay you need to be a social media girly now that you're a dog trainer so <laughs> all right well we'll wrap it up there 
Thank you both so much for joining me. Thank you for having us. And thank you for sharing all the reactive dog owner things. I know that so many people relate to that and will definitely appreciate your story. And as always, thank you so much for joining us this week and listening. If you like the podcast, please go and leave us a review. I would really appreciate it. We will see you next week.